Hey there, my beautiful friends. This is LJ back on the podcast. It's been a bit. I've been in some transition with moving. Was living with a loud dog for a while there. <laughs> Cute as he was. So I wasn't recording for a bit and I'm back and I'm so glad. And now I'm coming to you from Henderson, Nevada, doing some house and pet sitting for my sister. And I have these gorgeous surroundings. So I have a podcast that's been coming through that I've been wanting to share with you because I've been in a lot of study of this topic of mindfulness and reading and learning and listening to, listening, learning from (laughs) some of the classic and modern teachers who help us understand this concept of mindfulness, this practice, and how it can help us and actually be such medicine for us and be a place for us to be doing our emotional work and healing and really reorienting how we manage ourselves, how we care for ourselves, and thus how we're able to show up in the world differently and better and move through life more gracefully and peacefully and be in relationships more openly and lovingly. So lots of great benefits of diving into this concept and practice of mindfulness. And I found that I have some simple practice ideas I wanted to share with you that I realized could make a a good podcast that hopefully could be helpful to you along your journey as you may be someone who likes to try and do things like meditation, practice mindfulness, you're interested in this, and this is all part of yoga to be in these approaches more aiming for union right remember yoga really means union so yeah i wanted to share these practices with you i guess there turned out to be seven things here i'm going to share with you but i'm going to be brief about it just keep it simple and then know that you can explore this more and maybe I'll share about this more in depth too in the future. But just to keep this something you can digest in a simple podcast. These practices that, again, the teachers I've been learning from, John Kabat-Zinn, who's one of the pioneers of bringing things like meditation and mindfulness to the West and even bringing it into our medical centers and our science and our health approaches. Tara Brock, who's a modern teacher, psychotherapist, and meditation teacher, and has some great books and retreats and things out there. Thich Nhat Hanh, classic Buddhist monk teacher who's had a lot of effect on the world. And who else am I missing? Pima Chodron, who's also a Buddhist female monk who's done some amazing work and still is so these all have been people I've been learning from recently in this just finding myself naturally drawn for myself and loving that I get to share with you what I'm learning (laughs) so yes for myself and my work I might get to do with others my creating I might get to do for others like you I've been learning and growing and understanding more how to use mindfulness practices 
as part of our, really like our therapy with ourselves and the ways that we can take care of ourselves emotionally and really change how we're responding to life and really just find an empowerment within this being human that's feeling pretty promising. So I'm excited to keep sharing it with you because I think it can help a lot of us wherever we're at along our journey. So the first idea I want to share with you is the idea that pausing more in our days, in our moments, can be helpful. And this idea of Tara Brock calls it the sacred pause. So allowing in, building in, and just starting to have a life that includes more pausing throughout our days, taking a sacred pause to perhaps become still, but maybe not. And just notice how we are doing, how we are feeling, what's happening for us and with us, maybe especially on the inside and the power of that. So building in the sacred pause more into our lives. And one of the things I love that I got from just hearing and learning more about this and remembering the power of it and building it into my life is that it gives us a chance to be more in a place of choice with how we're going to go from there, right? When we've taken that pause and we notice how we're doing and feeling, we have more of a possibility to play a more empowered role in choosing like what next, right? And what we're going to do in response to that. So the sacred pause as the first mindfulness practice to build in and just starting to consider how that could change our lives, right? And our pace and our ways and how we're feeling and how we're handling ourselves emotionally and how that's going to play out into our mental health, right? And our relationships with others. So the sacred pause as practice number one. Practice number two is some of what we could do like within those moments of pause. And when we do notice, notice, and that's it, is to notice and note, make note, and even name how we're feeling, what we're noticing, right? So to make note and note to ourselves, oh, how am I doing? I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling upset. So that practice of noting and even naming what it is that we're noticing can actually be helpful because not only does it just help increase our awareness, but what I've learned from these teachers and been reminded, it gives us a chance to become more compassionate with ourselves when we realize that we are suffering in that moment. And then again, we have a choice how to respond to ourselves from there once we've taken that sacred pause and taken a moment to note and even name what we're noticing, right? So that as mindfulness practice number two, I think I put two and three together there maybe, noting and naming what we're noticing, right? And how that's a mindfulness practice that can help and that we can start to build in. And of course, all this goes with what we can be doing within any forms of meditation, which are a time of mindfulness, right? Where we're intended to be being present with how we're doing, how we're feeling, noticing, right? So we can build in, if we want, a practice of noting what we notice and even naming it, right? As much as we also might be playing with quieting our minds in between. And then, yeah, speaking of the kindness and compassion, This isn't one of the official things on the list here, but 
I love that I got from John Kabat-Zinn that if we're not bringing in non-judgment, we can't call it meditation. So if we're sitting there quiet with ourselves or whatever ways we like to meditate, but we're judging, it's not meditation, he would say. So, of course, that's pretty challenging for most of us to not do any judging, but at least to be in the aim of non-judgment and even more like kindness and compassion as part of the medicine of any time in mindfulness and meditation to let it be a time to be more in non-judgment and kindness and compassion with ourselves. So sacred pauses, noting and naming what we're noticing, right? And how, what we're experiencing and how that can be helpful for us. Because just one reason is it's going to help us perhaps get in more of a place of compassion with ourselves so that then we can respond more practically from there, right? With actually noticing what's happening for us. And then this next one is so interesting that I get from like Thich Nhat Hanh, Tara Brock. I'm sure all these teachers talk about it. The power of when we're noticing how we're doing, when we've even named it. Because part of this premise is what a lot of us do, for, for instance, if we notice a name, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling upset, I'm feeling scared, right? Or just the things that go with that, the feelings, the thoughts. Our, our inclination has become to want to resist that, right? And in a way, want to say like, no to it, right? And, and even whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, like we get in this place of like, no, and which feels like the natural response, like, no, I don't want to feel scared. I don't want to feel sad. I don't want to feel alone, right? Whatever that hard thing might be that we've realized and noted and named. But these teachers help us see that actually, if we're going to be in this place of compassion, kindness, non-judgment, that we could instead have a practice of yes with our mindfulness practices. So when we notice a name like I'm feeling upset, I'm feeling alone, instead of saying no to it in a sense, even if we aren't even aware that we're doing that, we can consciously say yes to this. Like when we're noticing I'm feeling scared, I'm feeling anxious, yes. And in a really almost miraculous way, it can be a way to help ourselves kind of relax into it, move through it, accept it, and not be so stuck in it, right? Or in resistance to it in a way that's actually weakening us. So this practice of yes, more often saying yes to what we're noticing and naming, and especially the hard stuff, like yes, yes, and then the next one I don't want to go right into because it's the same idea, but I like it maybe even more is within that yes of like, yes, I'm scared. Yes, I'm upset. Yes, I'm mad. Yes, I'm ashamed, right? Whatever it is. Also, we could say to ourselves or, or just be in an awareness of this too. This too. And so, yeah bringing into our mindfulness and meditation practices when we're noticing and naming what we're noticing in our times of mindfulness and meditation because that's the thing. We're going to notice it. That's why a lot of us don't want to meditate or be mindful, right? Because we're going to notice. But yes, to make it intentional to notice more often and name it and then be willing to say yes 
to our experience. And then be able to even be in this, this too place as a way of, yeah, like helping ourselves through that and even strengthening ourselves to allow it, right? And I love a lot of these teachers and practices and such are about this being about being able to live life more fully, be more in it fully, to be more open-hearted and tender-hearted and compassionate with ourselves and others, absolutely. But that, within that aim, it includes this approach with ourselves and our emotions and our experience to be more in a yes and a this too. So those are two more of the practices. And then along those lines, I love from Thich Nhat Hanh, he talks about physiologically, if while we're practicing, as we're noticing part of our kind of yes, this too approach, we can actually put a little smile on our face. And he calls it smiling yoga because he says that, and maybe scientists agree now that this sends a message to your nervous system that it's like, it's okay. There's no, you know, like that little smile on your lips sends a signal to your nervous system that it, that you can relax and it's going to be okay and just helps us move through that all even more smoothly. So smiling as a practice, not to like smile it away, if that sounds like you're bypassing things in a way it doesn't feel good to you, but more just like as a way to help ourselves accept this moment fully and accept ourselves fully, right? And feel these emotions and allow them and move through them and not get stuck in them. Which is maybe the the new thought, right? And then just lastly, I wanted to put in a vote for some of the mindfulness practices that can be so helpful. Uh, first of all, just mindful breathing. Because, yeah, we know so much about breath and intentional breath work. And I love to teach and share breath work. And there's so many cool things you can do with your breath. But I tell you, I'm equally impressed lately with just the power of whether you call it conscious breathing or mindful breathing, just being with the breath more as the freaking thing. And that as like a core mindfulness practice. So just really wanting to put in a strong vote for mindful breathing as one of the most powerful practices in the world. Not even trying to change the breath, just being with the breath. And the medicine of that. And a lot of these teachers talk about that as something, again, once we're feeling into some of these emotions and such, which we will as we're becoming more mindful and practicing meditation, that mindful breathing is such a way to deal with it and such a tool to turn to, to manage that energy of that. And so as we're, you know, like if we're feeling upset, ashamed, worried, depressed, to, to let mindful breathing be something that you're bringing in to that awareness and even to help us through that and with that and in that and then pairing with that I love because I'm such a fan of walking 
that some of these teachers talking talk about. Of course, walking can be a mindfulness practice that's amazing, but to take things like our emotions and take them on a walk and then the mindful breathing plus mindful walking as just like this really potent way to work with our emotions and then even transmute them. So I love that, that that's come up in my studies that people like Thich Nhat Hanh have talked a lot about mindful walking with mindful breathing. And of course, that's a practice of meditation and mindfulness. But what's so great about it is, you know, while you're mindfully walking and mindfully breathing and you're doing these things, right? You're noting, you're naming, you're doing the yes, the this too, the smiling. But the mindful breathing and the mindful walking like energetically can be like transforming and transmuting the energy of the emotions. And that it is about that too. And I love that, that mindfulness is not just about just being in it, but it's absolutely about transforming it too, right? Meaning how we feel and us, right? So this is 100% about transformation, even as much as it's about these things like acceptance and non-judgment and kindness and compassion, but it's because of those things that we can transform, right? So hope that's helpful to you today along your journey. So excited to keep learning these things and sharing these things. And please reach out if you want to share some of what you've been loving with some of these ideas. Or, of course, if you have any questions. So sending you so much love. Be well along your journey. Talk to you soon. Namaste.